Welcome to the Teacher's Toolkit for Literacy, the free podcast for motivated teachers and school leaders who want to inspire their students and school community in literacy learning. Make sure you subscribe to the show on your favourite podcast player, and for more amazing literacy resources, check out the show notes provided with every episode. Hi, I'm Sharon, and I'm the host of a Teacher's Toolkit for Literacy. In every Toolkit episode, we bring you specific resources, tools, strategies, tips, techniques to help you in your job as a teacher of literacy. Firstly, we acknowledge and pay our respects to the Ghana people, the traditional custodians whose ancestral lands we gather upon here. We acknowledge the deep feelings of attachment and relationship of the Ghana people to country, and we respect and value their past, present and ongoing connection to the land and cultural beliefs. Welcome to the newcomers, both to our Facebook group and to our podcast We love hearing the diverse reasons why teachers across the world are joining so much deep and creative literacy work going on in schools. Some recent comments that we've had, I'd like to learn strategies for teaching students writing skills to get them more interested in writing. Oh my goodness, one of my (laughs) favourites. Love that one. I'd like a place to discuss literacy learning and how to best apply what we know to difficult contexts and to hopefully learn about new strategies and resources. From another, I am passionate about nurturing my students to develop a love of reading. I'm a literacy leader in my school and I'm looking to learn and make connections with others in the field. And lastly, I'll listen to the podcast. I love teaching and enjoy sharing ideas and inspiration with teaching communities. So if you're not a member of the Teachers Toolkit Facebook group, we'd love you to join and introduce yourself to the group. But today, welcome to this podcast called... Planning Effectively with the New Australian Curriculum, version 9.0. And welcome back to our co-host, Phil. Thank you, Sharon. It's lovely to be here. Yes, great mm. to have you back. Mm. Yes, missed, missed my co-host. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I miss being on the show. You um. miss co-hosting. <laughs> I know. You were, you were away just long enough for me to take the seat and... Yeah. Yeah, take over. Yeah, no. So, no. Wonderful. But in all of that, you know, just going back to all those comments people making about Mm. being part of a community, Mm. like that's seriously why we started podcasting. Yeah. Like we were a little community of two here. Yeah. (laughs) And and it is so important having others to be able to Mm. talk Mm. to about not only your passion for your teaching, but about the profession, about the difficulties, about the challenges, about the successes, about the ponderings and wonderings that we have about things. Mm, mm. So we really, really appreciate those who do um, connect with us, you know, via the Facebook group or through emails Mm, or whatever. mm. Um, And, you know, we certainly hope that that's what, you know, our um, passion and interest and joy in the profession is really translating into each fortnight for the podcast that we're yeah. doing. I love that one that's um, trying to apply what we know to difficult contexts. Mm. That really got me thinking in my early years of teaching where I had some very difficult situations with students that, you know, weren't, um, you know, were fi- finding learning difficult and how could I best cater for this diverse range of students? You know, I had year seven, but there were so many so many at different 
abilities, how do, how do you do that? You know, how do you differentiate for those ones? And that really got me thinking and going to conferences and exploring readings and, um, you know, it's, it's still a continuing um, yes. yeah. struggle, you know. Yeah. Mm. And I think that's, you know, what we often say is about that we need to continually be building our repertoire mm. Mm. because we need... We need multiple strategies. We need multiple tips, techniques, resources, ways of working with students. But first and foremost, really building great relationships with all our students Mm -hmm. to let them know that we are there to help them have entry points into Mm. um, the learning each day. And we know that's hard. We know, um, and we often say, don't we, you know, it's it's those students who really stretched us mm. as teachers to become better teachers. Yeah. And there are, yeah. as you go on with your teaching, there are tools and techniques that are better than others. Um, so, it, <laughs> and it takes a while to use those and practice them in your classroom. Yes. Um, yeah. But there are gateways into better ways of teaching. That's why we're doing the podcast and uh, the various other things we do. Yes. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So we thought we'd go for a little exploration today, thinking about the um, the new Australian curriculum. But really it's not just about that this is the new Australian curriculum. It's more, well, and with a focus on English, because to be honest, we are only talking about the English yep. part of the Australian curriculum. Of course. Um, not that nothing else is important, but because... Well, we've only got time to talk about one part. Mm. Um, But it is whatever curriculum we're working with, there are, I think there's been, in our experiences, some really good, I suppose, techniques that we've um, been exposed to about how to really plan with a curriculum, how to, um, you know, how to make that an effective part of our everyday Mm. thinking about what is it that we are bringing to our students, Mm. but not only bringing to them, how are we getting them absolutely active in Mm. this learning process that the curriculum puts forth, that's the one thing, not the one thing, but I absolutely love that, isn't a new thing that I'm saying, but I love the intentional activity that this curriculum drives for learners. It's just full of action. Mm. And that's what we're teaching our students isn't a whole lot of content. We're teaching them how to be active. Yeah, I think this whole podcast (coughs) is about how we translate that curriculum into really great day-to-day teaching, you know. Yeah. That's it, isn't it? Like. Yeah, I think, I think so. sometimes it looks a little bit like theoretical and we're not sure how that would look in the classroom, but um, that's what we're sort of driving down. We're trying to show how we can translate that into some really effective practice. Um, you know, a podcast can only get to a certain way, but we have other ways. We, you know, we do videos and those sort of things, but um, that's what we're really interested in, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Mm. And I've been reading a book just over the last few days, um, about some of the early philosophers. And there is there is a particular little um, 
the what would be the word I, I guess process that's really intrigued me in there and when I read it I thought huh I think that really I'm having a bit of a connection a moment of connection here thinking uh, that's probably a process that's really useful to go through in terms of becoming or coming to a better understanding of what the curriculum is is all about. And the four things that they talked about was that when we're first introduced to something, we have we build a perception of it. And so, you know, we have and they describe that as if you have a picture of that, that's like your open hand. It's large, it's open, and you start building this perception of it. But then as your hand closes a little bit, that lets you begin to start forming conceptions around it. So you start starting to get a bit more refined and really deciding and um, pinpointing what are some of the concepts here. So it's not just perception now, but what is it that are the concepts that this is getting to? And then the next stage along the way, they said, is you're really starting to get so much more focused and you're really building a comprehension of it. So perception, conception, Compre- concepts, comprehension. then comprehension. Mm. And when you give it that deep, when you really uh, put effort, time, thought, wonderings into that to build a comprehension to build a deeper understanding of it, then they said that's when you that's what gets you to knowledge. Mm. So I just loved that as a I couldn't help but maybe because I knew we were doing this podcast, but I could not help but think of those four things in terms of when we're working with our students and we want them to come to a deeper understanding and knowledge mm. of something we would take them through a process and right here I thought, huh, I think that's something that we can, you know, this process of learning about what what is this curriculum. It's not just what I think we often have. There's plenty of perceptions around the curriculum and sometimes those perceptions then lead us to look for um ways to manage the curriculum by looking elsewhere, by trying to find what resource might link to that because it's got the number on it, you know, that matches the curriculum and so therefore what can I teach? And that's that's when I just have a perception of it, that I think yeah. I have to cover this, I think yeah. I have to cover yeah. that. But you're not really comprehending. And no, and I haven't mm. really come to understand, I think, all the concepts that the curriculum is talking about. And so when I look through the curriculum, there are certainly there are certain concepts that um, stand out to me, I think because they've been part of a long history of learning for me that for example, for example, in I think it's in the foundation, um, Curriculum, and this isn't because it wasn't in the older version of the curriculum. It's still there, and I think that's what's that's what lets us know is what's really important. Mm-hmm. It's still there, and it says this: uh, students engage with a variety of texts for enjoyment. 
they participate in shared reading. Mm. Now, shared reading, and I know from conversations with, you know, that's a question I can ask in any school I go into. What do you understand by the term or the concept of shared reading? And shared reading is defined in many different ways in as many different resources and frequently people will say shared reading is when you and I sit together and we we share. We're mm-hmm. reading together mm-hmm. and so we are like buddy reading. We are, mm-hmm. we are um, engaging in a process together. When in fact shared reading, that very term developed by Don Holdaway, did stem out of children having a replicated experience of sitting with an adult on their lap, sharing a story together. But the term shared reading was then coined as when we can all see the enlarged text and we can share in the reading process because our eyes are on that page and we are sharing that experience with everyone in the class and we are learning about that reading process through. It was quite, quite a breakthrough, wasn't it, that Don Holdaway mm. thought of that. He, mm. he said, you know, here's a parent with their child looking at this text and, and the child can see the text. Well, let's just trans- that, translate that to the whole class seeing that text. Yes. Just like I would do with my own child. Yes. Yeah. How, how amazing is that? Yes. You and that, that then allows children to join in, yeah. to join in the process mm. because they are hearing, they can see it, they can hear, hear it. Hear it and see it, and at, see the, it. at the yes. same time. Yeah, yeah. Whereas a read aloud is just hearing it. But, yeah, yes. it's just yeah. So, so I suppose that's one of those examples of, like, that's a concept. Mm. Shared reading, um, well, and an instructional strategy Um but I'm just pointing that one out as, you know, we want to we want to read curricula in a way that makes us not just have the perception, but what what do we understand about those things, and what are you know, it's been like they've revised it. It's very intentional. What's um, been retained and how it's been organised, and. There's only one principle that I know that really refers to my attitude to the <laughs> curriculum as being one of fondness. <laughs> and, but I can, and, and I'm going to tell a little story here because this is an important piece in what was what was turning point for me about how to, how to work with a curriculum having gone through really what I now identify as those steps of a process of, yes, having a perception, really learning about the concepts within it, to really have a deep understanding of it and then to have a knowledge about it where I felt that it was where I could bring that to my students in a really authentic way. Making it into actions that are, um, you know, 
translating it into actions that you can teach yeah. as strategies yes. or actions that the children that can then yeah. apply in their own independent reading or writing. Yes, yeah. yes, or yeah. speaking or, or viewing speaking. or mm. because that the words in here, I'm just on in year two at the moment, but this is just just the beginning word, you know, the action for every um, one here in just the language strand, you know, investigate, explore. So explore how language can be used. That doesn't mean tell children how it can be used. That's let's mm. teach children how to explore mm. how language can be used. So that's a very different, that's a concept, isn't it? Like that we're teaching them how to explore. Yeah. In fact, our last blog was on um teaching high-frequency words through exploration. Yes, yeah, yes. With Di, yes. Di Snuggle. Mm. Um, you know, we were talking about this one in the school we were in last week, you know, like use comprehension strategies. That's not teach what a comprehension strategy is. That's teaching them to use compre- comprehension strategies. Which involves modelling through shared reading or read aloud. Yeah, yep. yeah. But yep. to then... Use them. Mm-hmm. So straight away then, I, okay, I got to see how to use them and I got to practice that very quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, And when we say quickly, because we talk about that mini lesson being that opportunity to practice with, you know, the teacher as we are working with text and then I've got the chance to go and use that for myself. I get to experiment. I get to explore how to use it. That's the exciting bit. It is It is so exciting mm. and it is tangible to see it mm. <laughs> when you see students off to mm. go and use this or to go and explore. I'll just keep reading for you. Oh, there's identify, understand, navigate. Um, experiment, recognize, create, mm. uh, reproduce, experiment, discuss. I'm just looking for any other words that I might have missed here. Read, um, create, create, rehearse, mm. write, manipulate, use, build. So, um, and might I just say, Sharon, I'm yes. Very impressed with <laughs> the way you um, have done some reading in another area and then you've applied it to how you would then tackle the curriculum. Very clever. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> probably just goes to show I just can't switch off from one yeah, thing yeah. Um, but you to love, another. But you love um, reading and you read yes. widely and then you – is it inferring, I suppose, isn't it, the way you connect prior knowledge to um, another thing that you're doing? Um, connections, questioning, connection and questioning. Yes, yep. inferring. All I things. think yep. all of those mm. things. Where, mm. um, yes, to try and make um, sense. I, you know, and there's plenty that I read where I don't do that. But it's, um, mm. I just could not. That one just was stood out. Stood out. Yes, mm. right at me. Anyway, back to mm. um, in my fledgling years as a teacher, um, where. I got to work with, in fact, it was a um, a mini course. It was like, oh, I don't know how many, I don't even know if it was such a mini course, but I remember there would have been about 
10 sessions of a couple of hours each looking at what was in South Australia at that time, our new curriculum. And so that was the first time that, well, it wasn't the first time. I have to say the very, well, the second principle I had was so, that this was an incredible experience. We didn't have, (laughs) we're talking so long ago, there really wasn't in this school system, you know, a, a stand- clear curriculum or a standard guideline for well, the curriculum. In that era, the schools were encouraged to design their own curriculums yeah. and um, it was called school-based um, decision-making Yes, and they created their own curriculums, but which was a departure from a central curriculum. Yes. Now, yeah. yeah. Yes, so that's and what, during that mm. time, to create those curricula, <laughs> mm. we had to write them. Yep. And so... The principle that we had was, you know, we would meet weekly Mm. to, after school, on top of our other staff meeting, but that was a gift, you know, this actually writing the curriculum and talking about, so how, thinking about how do children learn best Mm. in this area of the curriculum? What would we be covering? How do we scope and sequence that? How do we map that out? How do we, that was such a, that, my second year of teaching, and that I found that so profound to be involved in that process. But when it came to there being now a state-based curriculum, I was really eager to learn more about, all right, so this is a move away from own curriculum, so how do what do I need to know here now? So over these 10 weeks, or these 10 sessions um, of two hours a week, uh, two hours a session, it was really doing this process of what, what's our perception, what concepts do we have here, what do we understand about it and so what knowledge are we building about curriculum planning, no, not curriculum planning, planning using a curriculum. And one of the most significant tools that came out of that for me was that the curriculum was listed you know, down in a column on the page with four columns next to it. So if you imagine all of the curriculum listed, so just English, listed down the page in the categories, and I'm pretty sure we had literature, literacy and language as our categories back then. I feel like mm. we did. Maybe yes. maybe we didn't. Maybe mm. I'm just, you know, we're so familiar with that now. Mm. But anyway, they were all listed down there and then these four um, columns next to each of that. And at the top of each column, first column, term one, second column, term two, third column, term three, fourth column, term four. And it was developed just as a tool. I don't even remember who created it. But we were given this as a tool, like would this be useful in our planning? Well, I just ate that up. Because what it allowed me to do was for each term to put next to each of the things that I was planning within my units, within my English um, program, 
I could tick what was covered in each term and what I brought to the fore. And I don't want to just say covered, but how I enabled my students to be active readers, writers, thinkers, learners in each of those categories. And then term two, all right, let's go down, let's, as I'm planning, which ones am I intentionally bringing? Now, the very first time I got to look at that was in term three of that year that I was doing that study and it was such an eye-opener for me to see what I, it was late in term three, what I had not yet covered. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that really shocked me because I thought, wow, I thought I was pretty good on the planning. But when you look down that list and you go, do you know, I haven't actually brought this to my students yet. I have not given them the opportunity to do this thinking or to do this action yet, to do this investigation or exploration or to write this, or to read this. And so that that has always, that's really stuck with me as... There were gaps. Yeah. Yes, yep. yes. Yep. And, and so, so that, that's what a curriculum does. It, it makes sure you're, it broadens out your, your thoughts about what you have to cover. Yep. Yes, yep. yes. Yep. And so, you know, I think at times we can tuck the curriculum away mm. and we go, yes, I know... I've got a link to the curriculum. Mm. But sometimes we do find ourselves covering the same thing many times and missing some of the pieces that, mm. uh, you know, that aren't there. And so that's one of the reasons, those of you that might have already um, used our A3 size English ACARA documents with might, the curriculum. Might I point out that they are A4 but you enlarge them to A3. <laughs> They don't pop yeah. out as A3. <laughs> True. We'd like them to, but, you know, you have to enlarge them, guys, yeah. and it's much better when you do enlarge them. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's why we actually created those um, sheets as a planning tool mm. so that on one page, which is why you have to enlarge it to A3 so you can even read it, mm. Mm. but there's, there's the three strands of the Australian curriculum there, language, literature, literacy one page, and that has become, with the schools that we're working with and workshops that we're running, that is the tool that disappears every time. Where does it go? goes home with people. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, where does it disappear to? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. what you're saying is it's popular. It's mm. popular. Yep. And then how do people use it? Because it's on a single page, it can be your year's plan, it can be there, as a great record for weekly planning or daily planning, I'd say weekly planning more than daily, um, or unit planning. And so different coloured highlighters at different times of the year to represent different times of the year lets you get good, you know, a good look at what's being covered and where are the gaps. So it's the same piece as having the four columns but that was on a number of pages. This is single page and and this highlight. End of the year, great record for what's covered, great record for report writing time to go, okay, what 
what's covered, what's not, what needs to come on to the next and being very familiar with what is on the curriculum. So we said this was about planning with the new Australian curriculum, so that's what we've done with the new Australian curriculum. I was going to say, we've done it with the older curriculum, but now, at great expense to the management, we have (laughs) reduced... Actually, at great number of hours. Hours. It has not been a short, swift process. A lot of work in it. But Mm. well worth it. Well yep. worth it. So yep. they've now got these A4 sheets that you you enlarge to A3 of the version, oh, version 9, 9. 9.0 of the Australian curriculum. Yes. Yeah. But we have expanded it this time. to mm-hmm. So last time we really had just the content descriptions on um, the A4 sheet. Mm-hmm. And this version is pruned down a bit. We have less categories we have it is a it's a leaner but i would not, say even more active yeah not leaner because we've cut things out oh, no, no, it's no. because of how the um it's the rewrite. Be, it's, it's more streamlined in the yes, rewrite yeah yes yep. yes um and so once again you know we've we've set that out in the three categories the language literature literacy and it does need to be on the one page because they are all connected. They are what what's in one section is feeding into the other section. You know, it's not a, you know, we don't just pull a one thing. Our planning requires that we are mm. working across. Um, I loved at one of the um, workshops I did with some early career teachers that um, – as they were looking and sort of becoming more familiar with the Australian curriculum, that they said, you know, it's intentional, isn't it, that literature is that middle strand Mm -hmm. and really is like the bedrock of, you know, everything is wrapping around. It holds it together, doesn't it? It absolutely does. And I Mm -hmm. loved how they almost did a bit of a spiral around. They said, wow, and everything just comes back right into literature. Mm -hmm. Always comes back through there. So we've done the content descriptions again um, as that um, A4 but enlarged to A3 because, like I said, it's a very small font. But we've also um, formatted the level description, so the year level description and the achievement standards. Which is designed to be photocopied on the back of that it could be on the back or it could be a side-by-side piece. Oh, okay. Yep. But once again, it's we've reformatted it and, Australia, and all referenced, we've changed no wording, but just as the Australian curriculum mm. um, and or as ACARA mm. encourages, this is about how can the curriculum, how can any of these elements be used effectively and how can they be reformatted in ways mm. that will make them you know highly um, usable for teachers in their planning so uh, might I just interrupt and say yeah. this is about the Australian curriculum but anyone listening from any part of the world um, your curriculum um, you could do a similar thing to it yes you? yes you could format it in this way, you know. Yes, yeah. Yep. So that's right. If you're with another curriculum, mm. looking at um, even going on to Teacher Vic to look at the format of this one, mm. or this will be in the show notes anyway, but um, 
looking at the format of it may be a way. So if you're um, a literacy leader or a teacher, a principal, and you're wanting the curriculum to be really accessible for planning, then this is, I'm not saying it's the only way. No. But I've definitely, it was well worth putting in days and days into doing the new curriculum because this format had been so, teachers have, have just said this is, you know, the tool of choice for planning. It's easy to access, isn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. Can we say it's been Sharonized? <laughs> Shazarized. Shazarized. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we could. <laughs> um, and I think in, you know, in reformatting it this way is just such a good way for us to just be reminded all the time, you know, each time we are planning, I've tried to dot point things in the level description, once mm, again in mm. the achievement standards, dot point, dot pointing it, because this is, this is a, I've learned this from mentor texts. <laughs> it's a good way to make information highly accessible. Mm. So, you know, and giving things some headings and subheadings so mm-hmm. that we can see what all these things are. And so it's all very, I hope, you know, much more navigable. <laughs> yeah, we might look that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, what the heck? Yes. This is meant to be a literacy <laughs> podcast, but, you know, here we go. <laughs> To navigate. Yeah, someone will get back <laughs> to, to us about navig- that one. <laughs> We've had a mind block. Anyway, I've talked a lot about formatting the curriculum, but that's... It's mm, um, a big part of it. Mm. That's It's about the accessibility, and yep. we know when things are accessible, yep. then it's, it's easier to work with. And as teachers, I know um, how we just need... We need things to be accessible. We need the tools. And readily Mm. um, available. So Australian curriculum, you know, CARA's done all of that work for um, updating it and reworking it. So I'm pretty excited to have spent the time and learning and learning more for myself too um, by really looking through Mm. in detail at each of the year levels Mm. – so in the show notes, there'll be a link to each of the year levels um, of these documents that Sharon's created. But we will also put it in the shop as a um, a whole resource where you can just purchase it. Yes. Um, yeah. Every year level. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So that's that's you know right from as I said as a fledgling teacher, I really felt that that was a significant piece for me mm. was to have the curriculum in a working format that really let me feel, I felt secure in knowing ERs really covering, you know, really covering things. Um, And as we've also discovered, so working with a teacher today, um, how we've discovered how much of the curriculum we can use to really develop powerful rubrics. For our Mm. assessment and Mm. knowing what kinds of things we are clearly um, driving down for our students. I know I've talked about this one before and this 
I think this is actually um, highlighted and made stronger in this version of the curriculum. But there is one part in particular that I just want to read from year one through to year six. And in fact, now let me start with foundation because there's a piece here and I know you all know it, know that it's there but this is another part where it's actually really important to have the highlighter out to say which of these experiences have I brought to students and it's in the level descriptions about students engage with a variety of texts for enjoyment. So I already talked about that one about shared reading for foundation. So they participate in shared reading, viewing and storytelling. Now, this next one. Spoken, written and multimodal texts may include traditional oral texts, picture books, various types of stories, rhyming verse, poetry, non-fiction, film, multimodal texts and dramatic performances. Mm. Now that says students should engage with that you know with a variety of texts. It does say may include but you'd want to get a lot of those in there. Yeah. yeah. Like at minimum, I'm kind of that's how I always read it, may mm. include these plus others. Mm. So if we are asking them to engage in those, it's because we want them to be able to engage with them as readers and viewers and listeners, but we also want them to engage with those as creators and writers. So we can only know how to write in those kinds of ways if we're really engaged in the reading in those. Now, year one, let's listen to this one. Texts may include picture books, various types of stories, so just like reception or foundation, rhyming verse, poetry, non-fiction, various types of information texts, short films and animations, dramatic performances, comma, and... Texts used by students as models for constructing their own texts. Fantastic. So what are those? Those texts used by students as models for constructing their own texts. They're literature. Mm. They are Mm. authentic texts. Mm. They are rich, rich, rich examples that Mm. they can... Bountiful examples. Yes, Mm. And not only are they um, exposed to them, it says engage with them. Engage with those texts as models for constructing their own texts. Mm. So we're not just letting them engage. We We are letting them explore text to know how they can explore any text that would enable them to construct their own texts. Not an exact copy of that, but what features of that? Like what did that writer, 
How did they organise their ideas or how did they have voice in that text or how did they, what was their word choice in there that was so strong and powerful? So that, many of us would refer to that as mentor texts, Mm -hmm. texts Mm -hmm. that are, that we can read with a writer's eye. Yep. So it's there in year one. What does it say in year two? Oh, that whole list of, you know, chapter books, rhyming verse, da-da-da-da-da, and texts used by students as models for constructing their own work. Mm-hmm. Year three, there it is again, as models for constructing their own work. Year four, year five, year six. In year six, it says the features of these texts may be used by students as models creating their own work mm. so and we're also talking about fiction and non-fiction aren't we we are talking about texts across fiction non-fiction all kinds of texts if you know poetry mm. Um, mm. chapter texts um, dramatic. You know, dramatic texts mm. um, animated mm. texts um, the list goes on. The list, mm. yes. Yeah. So we can really see, can't we, that the wider those experiences, the more mm. students, and and that to me is such a such a powerful line, because it lets us know that as teachers, we're not the only teacher in the room. Every writer, every book that we bring in. Mm is another teacher for our students, that they are using those books as models to help them construct We learn from the, com- the company we keep. Frank Smith, thank mm. you, yes, mm. not you, but yes. Yep. Yeah, Frank Smith's um, quote, we learn from the company we keep. Now, how did I get there? This is always me, isn't it? I just rabbit away until I well we're learning how to plan effectively with the Australian curriculum aren't we Sharon like yes. how does a how does a teacher use these um, a3 sheets to really help them plan um, increase the quality of their teaching yes yeah yeah yes and I suppose what I did want that's where I wanted to go with it too is that mm. you know even when we like this is the place for us to go the curriculum is rich yep and if we look at the fullness of the curriculum of the curriculum mm. we see the connections we see yep. how language literature literacy are totally entwined we see and right there students engage with it every year level what's the variety of texts our students engage with mm. It's our job to bring that to our students. It's about being an active planner um, because sometimes when we feel like we're short of time, we might go to a resource that's interpreted the Australian curriculum in the way that it wants to do that and then you just use that resource. But you're missing so much, aren't you, by not being an active planner? Yes, and I think – and that's that's our profession. Yep. We are mm-hmm. – we are the planners mm-hmm. for those who are in front of us. And we know, like we can look through that list and go, mm. there are children in my class who haven't had exposure yet to this type of text. 
it's me that's going to, it's there on the curriculum, I can bring that to them. Like that's what I think is so exciting mm. about this is that there's a roadmap here, roadmap? Street directory. Or a shopping list. <laughs> <laughs> and not only oh, are no. you, you're becoming a professional where you are really making professional decisions about what's happening in the classroom. Yes. And then if you've got other adults helping, then you're guiding them through this roadmap that you're yeah. you're designing based on this rich curriculum. I like that word, designing. Okay. You know, you're really mm. it is a design mm. um mm. maybe it's a design brief. Like these are the things mm. how can we design? And mm-hmm. that's what we do as teachers. We design what our students, both the things that we can see they need, but also the things that will take them further than if we didn't have a... So in your work in schools, are you finding this planning piece is quite a the linchpin of success? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So when you, if a teacher is wanting to get richer in their teaching, this is kind of... The Holy Grail? Well, it's it's an anchor, isn't okay. it, for yeah. that design. If we're planning a unit, like let's let's look across everything, not just the content, but let's look, all right, what kinds of texts are we engaging with and are our students creating? On the achievement standards, you know, what is it that by the end of the year, I mean that that achievement standard list is really, they are the experiences that I am bringing to students for that year. Mm. And every child actually has the right to access what is on the curriculum mm. for that year. Yep. We, we need to find entry points for children to enter in that, but because... I may be, you know, in a scope and sequence, I might be here, which is lower than my peers, but that doesn't mean that I don't get to access things like poetry because I'm not, you know, at this level here. You know, we need the fullness. It's about the fullness of it. Mm. It's all of the things. Mm. We can't just go, well, they're sitting they're here at this level, mm. you know, at you know, below year level here on this and so they get everything mm. from that year level. No, they they need – no child is ever just sitting everywhere at one year level. We're all at different places at any point in time. Yeah. So – It's also about the, connecting reading, writing and word work, isn't it, so that we realise that all those things are at service in service to each other. So yes, yeah. it's not about – just these all these boxes of things I've got to cover. It, there is a interconnectedness in the curriculum that makes it much more enjoyable to teach. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. It does, and and that's the the other piece when we go. How do we fit all of this in in mm. the short amount of time that mm. we've got? Mm. We fit it in when it's connected. Yeah, and because it's revolving it all, around around literature. Yeah, as well. because yeah. it's all um, strengthening each other. Yep. It's all actions. Actually, uh, one of the things that I didn't um, mention before when I said, you know, just how active the curriculum is, and we were talking just 
last week with a school around this piece, around um, that when we bring these actions, and in fact, let's, I think we were talking about comprehension strategies, and it says, you know, use comprehension strategies. So if we are going to model how we would use a comprehension strategy, we also want to think, all right, so that's the action that we would use, let's say visualising or use um, questioning or use predicting or predict, yeah, predicting or use connecting. But then we also want to say why. We also want to say why, why are we doing that? That's right. Yeah. So yeah. why why um why am I teaching you or why am I showing you a strategy and how to use it? Like what's what's what for, does this do for you? Yeah. What does this do for you as a reader? And making that explicit to the, the learners that this is why we're doing it. Yes. Yeah. So if we said, um, you know, good readers uh, visualize as they read. Why? Why? To create images in their mind to better understand what's going the, on. The uh, what's happening in the story, mm. or so we we actually did a whole lot of, um, you know, just like this, you mm. know, going. Um, good readers use visualizing to what you know to mm. um, to remember to better remember what's happening yep. in a story yep. um, or to better understand a character or to be so then it starts once once we push it into that that takes us to another level again mm-hmm. that's so the curriculum what does it say about comprehension strategies use comprehension strategies when listening and viewing i'm in year 3 at the moment ah oh, Listen what it says here, to build literal and inferential meaning and begin to evaluate text by drawing on a growing knowledge of context, text structures and language features. Well, there's some things right there. Good readers visualise to get to inferred meaning. I mean, we've got to give a reason, don't we? And I I suppose when you're teaching those strategies and then you're working out the reasons why you're doing it, you can build on that list, you know, and the children can help you build on that list of why we're doing this. Yes, yeah. You know, they'll discover things of why we're doing this. Yeah. Won't they? Yeah. Yeah. And then they're really understanding the actions. Yeah. And if I went back to that list I had at the, you know, what's my perception of a comprehension strategy? Mm. Then what's my... How do I begin to form a conception of that? So what's the concept of this? What is it that this Mm. is getting at? Mm. What's okay? Now I understand how that strategy, so the comprehension, how do now I understand what that strategy is doing for me? Now I've got the knowledge. So I thought that was a pretty I just love those four things. That'll probably mm. become my new mm. my new um, Man- mantra. Mantra. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um So Sharon, I was just gonna ask, um we're doing this to make a difference with our teaching, but are there other 
any other connected resources that we could use that would uh, enhance this? Um, I know there was a there's a Fountas and Pinnell resource that will help us with our uh, finding those, what those key strategies are. Have you've been reading my notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ooh, wavelength, wavelength. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, We've been working yes. together too long. <laughs> <laughs> no, one mind. Um, very good question mm. because I know myself as I'm sitting here talking about these things, like how do we get to that, um, mm. how do we build those understandings and mm-hmm. uh, that comprehension of it. Yes, I think the Australian curriculum is, or because we're talking that one in particular, is absolutely rich in these actions. And we would always preface, well, when I'm working with students, I always preface every one of these actions with good readers or good writers or good spellers. Good readers. Good workers. Yeah, good readers use punctuation in their reading, for instance. That's. Yes, yeah, to help them. And why? And, yeah, yeah. Why? To, to help, help them, them better understand yeah. the story or whatever yeah. or to understand what they are mm. reading or to make mm. sense of. Anyway, um, but yes, what? how can I get specific about those things? Mm. And there is only – I know there's lots of um, – you know, there's I've, – I've tried to find what well, I've been looking for. What's a tool, a resource – that I could use that absolutely strengthens my understanding of these concepts. So they're no longer just perceptions there. Now how do I get into the understanding concept Mm. of all of those things? Mm. And what is called the Literacy Learning Continuum, and the newest version I think is called Fountas and Pinnell's Literacy Learning Continuum, or it might be just literacy continuum. No, no. The, the new one, the oh. latest one. Okay. The That's 75 right. kilo one <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, has got for, um, for interactive read aloud, shared reading, um, oral language, technologies, writing, writing about reading, reading. It has got, and it's it's so... Um, if you're using the Australian curriculum, then you're going to see and you you look against the progressions with the categories that are in this book, you're, you're going to see matches all over it. And it's, it's so compre- comprehensive, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And in fact, even from the curriculum, when I'm working with the curriculum, the Australian curriculum, mm we connect each of the boxes on the Australian curriculum with the corresponding section in the Founders and Pinnell curriculum. Mm -hmm. Now, why would we need, not curriculum, the literacy learning continuum, why would we need that? And for those of you going, well, you know, Founders and Pinnell, is that something that we're allowed to use or not? It's not a program. Some of you may... Um, know of you know different programs that might be used this isn't a program it is a continuum Mm. it isn't unlike the Australian curriculum scope and sequence it's just that it has got far more detail and as a teacher to be able to plan off something to say okay so it might 
um, let me pick something, year three here, plan, create, edit and publish. This is under creating texts. Plan, create, edit and publish. Imaginative, informative and persuasive written and multimodal text. All right. So in writing, in the literacy learning continuum, I can go in there. What are a whole lot of planning strategies? Because how do I, I I just can't say to students, okay, just have to go off and plan something. Mm -hmm. They need the strategies. So what the continuum offers is a whole range of planning, possible planning strategies or actions that we can take. And once again, we can preface all of those with good writers plan in this way to help them achieve this. So that is, that's a mighty resource for all areas of the English curriculum. And then, of course, there are many great, um, although the teacher I was working with today said, there are so many resources out there, Sharon, that it's so good when you can just point us in the direction of some. Yeah, yeah. Because... It is en- endless what you can get to. Yes, mm. yes. And, and the resources that I think empower us most as teachers are ones where we can say, okay, curriculum, this is what I'm chasing down for my year level, for my students. What is going to give me strong strategy lessons that connect literature, language Mm. and literacy and not siloed activities... Great way to look at it. Don't bring things together. Yeah. Great way. That's a real sifting through the resources, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. 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 And we talk a lot about the resources that, you know, we find um, most useful for those sorts of things. But today, the big one would be around, it would be that literacy learning continuum for, Mm. for the detail. I've had so many teachers say to me, (laughs) <laughs> that's like the life changer. That's the mm. that's the, the detail. The detail of it. And you don't need there's a lot of detail. And once again, as a document, highlight. Mm. Highlight things and go, yep, that's mm. I've covered that. Um there's great section even in that this is this is how connected this is how much um, that as a resource connects with the Australian curriculum because it or a curriculum that values the connection across language literature and literacy and that is so in the writing um, part of the continuum which is divided into four sections at year level and that's the other nice piece about it is is that it is at year level. The Fountains and Pennell yes. continuum. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, so um, in writing, it's divided into four categories. They are genre or text types, craft, conventions and writing process. 
Now, out of all of those things in that genre or text type section, there'll be all these different types of texts that can be written Mm -hmm. at that year level. But they divide that into two further sections. So let's say it's looking at, um, let's just say it's historical fiction. They divide that into understanding the genre. So understanding historical fiction and how it works. So we read it. Understanding and noticing how it works. And the second part is writing in the genre. So name and notice. So name and notice as we read how does, so understanding how this genre works so that we can write Mm. in the genre. Now that for me is, as a teacher. (laughs) It's critical, isn't it? I can plan. I just feel so much stronger when I've, when I don't have to, Go to 7,000, you know, search 7,000 things and then something will pop up that Mm. is this trusted, is this. Mm. Now, I'm not saying this is the only resource in the world. I'm saying this is a resource that I can see matches well to our Australian curriculum and in working with it with many teachers – where they've said it really is that, like, where has this been for mm. me? This gives me mm. more of that detail to go further into the actions, Fantastic. really into actions. Yeah. So that would that would be my resource pick. My <laughs> other question here was how do we how do we know we're doing a good job at this? I guess is the sheer engagement of the kids in in their learning, isn't it? Well, I think part of how do we know we're doing a good job of job in it is definitely what students are able to say about themselves. Oh yeah, yeah. As learners, you know, and what they're doing as readers and writers, and what you're noticing in your conferring or um, roving conferences. Um, yes, yeah. yes, and actually, that's one thing that um, we haven't talked about is that this works better when there is that strong routine of students reading and writing every day. Mini lessons. And having, um, you know, they've seen a demonstration or the teacher has modelled the thinking and the action and the reason why why within text and that we have had as students the opportunity to go and try that out within text ourselves. Yep. Yep. And that, that routine, and that is what allows me as a routine to be able to, whatever my mini lesson was, is, was, is what I can then go in my rove, I can go and see how are children applying that. How is that working for them? Everybody mm. is having a go at that. Mm. Everybody is... is at, at their entry point. Yeah, mm. and everybody's active yep. with that. Yep. So that it's, um, you know, and we often talk about that, you know, that we might say it's a mini lesson, but the teaching has just started. Yeah. Not that we teach 
the whole class together. We're on the spot teaching. Mm. Who needs? But we're also, as I demonstrated to teachers last week, that we don't have to jump in too quickly. We have to let our children have some independence. Mm. That's what mm. we're setting them up to yep. do. Yep. It's not micromanaging them. No. 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 It's letting them have the go. But we're there yep. with our eyes on them to know, okay, where where are they? How you know, how much can they give that a go mm. on their own and what before go- they mm. need help? And for them to ask for help. Yeah, and for what, them, I was sorry. gonna say, and what goals would do they want to set? Yes. Well, yes. Isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. What could, what goals could we uh, set jointly? You know. Yes. Yes. But for them to also say, oh, "This is where I'm stuck." Yeah. This is where I'm having trouble, mm. and that it should link back to mm. because they should be knowing what they're doing and why. And then we could start talking about our small flexible focus groups because <laughs> that, that's another podcast and another story. <laughs> well. Mm. The Australian curriculum, you know, can set, you know, it's, we'll come back to that's very active. Mm. Mm. And I think we can be active as teachers and our students can be really active as learners mm. within this really living a strong reader's and writer's life. Yep. Yep. Here with all of, um, you know, with all of the, it's experience rich. And that's what we want to bring is is that richness of experience. I think that is a wrap. Let's finish there. Thank you, Phil. Thanks for always love being in conversation with you. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. We've loved to see that so many of you are having uh, have subscribed to our podcasts. Oh, do you know, I do usually mention a book and I haven't – well, I mentioned a resource book. Mm. Um, but Sammy Bailey – She's on the um, Children's Book Council shortlist this year with her book, The Illustrated Encyclopedia of Peculiar Pairs in Nature. Maybe that's what we are, Phil, a peculiar pair. In nature. Mm. (laughs) Um, Loved all of Sammy Bailey's books. An informational text. And where is its power? Its power is in organising formats for organising information and writing about really interesting things. So here she is having found all these interesting pairings. So we've got a Nile crocodile and the Egyptian plover who of course do um, cohabitate in fact because um, one relies on the other. One relies on the other. The plover is the one that I'm pretty sure does the cleat teeth cleaning for the Nile crocodile Mm. Um, and is often found in that crocodile's mouth when the vulnerability of that when you're a tiny bird (laughs) in a crocodile mouth. Um, You know, the the mountain pygmy possum and Heath's tick. But every one of these um, pairings have got beautiful illustrations. They're Latin Names, so they're scientific names, um, insets, so fun facts sections, which um, or sidebars. Sorry, we call that a sidebar. Um, 
the same kinds of information about each of them, so description, diet, location and habitat, conservation status and what makes them a peculiar pair. Some lovely black and white um, sketches that go with those things. So books that, once again, there isn't a book that I would bring to you that wouldn't be in some ways a great mentor text, a great, I could read this book with a writer's eye and be a better writer because of it and I can read it with a reader's eye and learn so much more about my world or myself or others. So the the Illustrated Encyclopedia of Peculiar Pairs in Nature, Sammy Bailey, and she's got two or three others um, that she's done. So thanks again, everybody, for joining us today. The Teacher's Toolkit podcast is all about giving you an insider's guide to top teaching ideas, tools, techniques in literacy, teaching and learning. Subscribe to our weekly newsletter via our website. You'll receive advance notice on blogs, podcasts, events and ways to contact us. Thank you, Phil, for joining me. Pleasure. And all the best to you and our listeners. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the podcast. To make sure you don't miss any literacy learning tips and insights, please subscribe to our show on your favourite podcast player. At Q Learning, our literacy specialists draw on over 30 years of teaching and international consulting experience to deliver world-class learning solutions. We equip, empower and support teachers to become their authentic selves. To find out about upcoming webinars and about how Q can help you and your school, visit qlearning.com.au. And you can get even more amazing teaching resources right now at teachific.com.au. Stay tuned.